Hello and welcome to episode 110 of El Danilo, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and compares them to music today. My name is Matt and some people talk about us like Lily, Rosemary and the Idiot of Wind. But who's who? Adam's the idiot, Adam's the idiot. <laughs> the Idiot Wind. <laughs> Grace is still as you, she unmuted just to call you the idiot and then muted straight back. Just to make sure that everybody knew. So there we go. So good. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> Fantastic. How are we? We all okay? Yeah. yeah. I would rate myself a, an eight out of ten today. Wow. Eight out of ten. That's, That's quite high, high in them. <laughs> no pessimism over here. No, no. <laughs> Feeling good. Mm. What um what makes it an eight? Tell secret. What's going on? As in, like, what makes it so good? Yeah, I think so. Well, I have <laughs> absolutely no idea, but I don't feel bad. Okay, well, that's wonderful, I guess. So it must be you know. good, you know, yeah. process of elimination. There's only two ways to fail. <laughs> Listen. Occam's razor. The simplest answer is usually the right one. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, well, we'll get straight to it, shall we? We'll miss Don't be we won't miss, miss around or mess around. Uh, it's, we're going to talk about Blood on the Tracks today. Mm. <laughs> I'm just thinking of rubbish icebreakers. Like, when was the last time you saw murder? <laughs> <laughs> when when was the last time you saw a vehicle murder somebody? <laughs> I will say, Blood on the Tracks is a very metal name mm. for a non-metal. Come on. You know what I mean? Very Don't you think it's like a I well, my God, so that you sing Do you think it's a good title? Yeah, I think it's really strong. It's Blood strong, on the tracks. Strong title, but, uh, the really? name of a murder documentary. Yes, Blood on the Tracks. I see that. I see that. Yeah. Well, there we go. So this is from 1975. Um, have you got some facts for us from 1975? I've got some facts. If you've heard these before, then yeah. And uh, mind rovers. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so starting off, and um, last week I tried to keep it light. Mm. Didn't go that way, but I tried to keep it light. But then, um, first one, the Antichrist Thatcher became the <laughs> She became prime minister. Um, she dead, so that's good. Um, yeah. Wow. Thatcher, one of the most hateful people to ever exist. I'm not going to say she's up there with Hitler, but you know. Alleged, no, not allegedly, she was stop Um, yeah, so Thatcher, the the architect of managed decline, and the architect of what was it called? Um, Section eighty eight or something, where you couldn't teach about LGBT and um, or anything like that. And um, basically, just an all around spiteful, hateful, mm. horrible woman. And uh, not even you know person. I'm not even gonna because women are great. Women are beautiful. She, she was just a horrible person. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing good to say, so I'll, I'll end that there. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible. The world was a worse place for her being in it, and it's a better place for her being out of it. Anyway. Uh, Vietnam ended in 1975. We talked a lot about Vietnam uh, mm-hmm. on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, Vietnam The war ended. rather than the country. The what? The war. The war. Sorry, yes. The country's still, still around, but the war... <laughs> It's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> they just decided to stop the country. 
with that note, <laughs> uh, yeah, the war on Vietnam ended, um, and something called Operation, I think it was called Operation Baby Lift, mm. took place where it was a US and British, I think, um, operation to pull out as many. Um, I've heard about this wild. Yeah, as many I children out of Vietnam possible. Wow. Um, just so that they didn't kind of live under a communist regime. Sure, I had its pros, sure, I had its cons. Uh, That's crazy. But yeah, wild. Um, something like that. Um, Sony mm. introduces the Betamax format. Wow. And I'm going to see if I can get this right. Matsushita introduces the beta, sorry, VHS. So Sony's got Betamax, Matsushita, I think they're part of JVC, and mm. have got the VHS. Only one format survives. Mm. And it ain't it's not. There are some people out there who love Betamax, but it might be one. Do you know why um, Betamax went over VHS? Um, it was something to do with the fact that JVC really, like, I think they made video plays, like VHS plays, mm. like, cheaper. And, oh, I see. And, and, like, really marketed them and imported them better. And I think it, it was the titles that were on it as well. Not every title was available on v- on Betamax. Right. But more were available on VHS, I think. So they just, like, smashed it. Mm. Accessibility. Yeah, and I think then also JVC also brought out camcorders which had VHS tapes in them, which then mm-hmm. obviously meant people could watch them at home. And I think Sony did do Betamax tape plays as well, but they mm-hmm. weren't they were well, video recorders, but they weren't as good. So yeah, so they just JVC Matsushita just smashed it, and you know the uh, Betamax went the way of the laser discs. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. laser discs? They're mad. Not there, they know. No. Precursor to DVDs. They are basically vinyl size, Is it? vinyl record size, and um, got a film on it, DVD, double-sided, so you have to flip it over. Wow. Um, and you don't touch, it's like a CD, and um, leads to laziness. You mm-hmm. don't, they're in like special containers that you put into the um, the player, and like you have to take them out, you don't touch them with your hands, they're, they're mad. Some people say it's, it's like the best format to watch things on. Because it's not about tape, it's like optical discs and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Look it up, laser discs. I want laser discs? Yeah. I thought that was just DVDs. You yeah. know, I thought they were like the same. The, the DVD is better because you can hold more on it. You don't have to flip smaller. it over. Smaller. But like these laser discs players are massive. We just got rid of all our DVDs because what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah, got rid. There's no point. I'm convinced one day they're going to be worth like a million pounds, but I'm sure that's not the case at all. I don't think that's going to be the case, is that? Well, who knows? When you're a millionaire, remember us. Please. Please. Yeah, please. Um, yeah so I don't to the final fact. Um, mm. A sad one. Oh. Dutch elm disease destroys more than 3 million elm trees in the UK. Minute silence for, you know. <laughs> no question. Honestly, so sad. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that. Dutch elm disease decimated the UK population of uh, elm trees. Three million trees is a lot of trees. That is a lot of trees gone. Basically a forest. Wow. Can, <laughs> can, I, can I ask a like ignorant question? Sure. Like, is that a big deal, really? I don't know, because I think the elm tree is now 
back to where it was, but it's a lot of, a lot of trees lost. Mm. Uh, Careful creation, yeah. Careful creation. There's a great, this could be said, though. there's a great TikTok account mm -hmm. of this fella, I can't remember the name, but this fella who um, did a map of the United States of America. Um, United States map of all 50 state trees. Um, and he'd like talk about the indigenous uses for them, their territory, like Latin name for them. Brilliant. And he like, made each state out of that wood tree. So say California was like a red oak or whatever. Get a piece of red oak and make it into the shape of California. He did one about Britain as well. It's very good. Um, so you like watch that? Yeah, I like, find it. Have it like you'll watch more than one episode on that one. Oh, it's not even an episode. It's yeah, yeah. Good. I love these videos. Yeah. I like so much about, about trees. Um, you can't see... <laughs> <laughs> now watch these videos you'll understand you, you can't see grace on um, zoom but she actually has her head in her hand oh no grace grace honestly you don't well, understand they're sensational mate sure. no i'm gonna find them <laughs> um no it's like i can't even describe. like he makes this thing that 50 different types of tree grace while adam tries to find this um what's your favorite tree could only tell you about three different tree names. Mm. So I'm going to say that oak is my favourite, but I don't I don't know what an oak mm. looks like. I've said about <laughs> no, me neither. I I couldn't really care about trees either. Um, I like conkers. You know what I mean? I like those That's... ones that are over like lakes and they're really big and they dangle really far down. Mm. So... Uh, I'm a, a willow tree. Mm. Yeah. yeah, a little psalm one right there, the tree by the lake. It's all its nutrients. Mm. Mm. Come on. Like trees, there's something magic about trees. In my mind, there are two magical things on earth that are a little bit mystical. Are we going back to tears with? No. So, oh, right. <laughs> Beaches. Yeah. Because they're just like portals to another dimension. That's right. They're weird places. Are you saying you hated beaches though? Like I don't my ideal day is not to lie on a beach. Mm, like okay. do you know, but a walk on a beach. Oh, okay, great. Visiting a beach on like a slightly, slightly rainy day. Nice. You know, a little walk on it. Mm. Otherworldly. Um, beaches and just trees. Trees are a bit of magic. You know uh -huh. what I mean? They're just crazy. They've they got things? years and stuff, you know. They've got decades, yeah, centuries, millennia. They know stuff. They know. Th Listen to the rush on the trees. speciesism. All right. Well, we are better than this. All right. <laughs> Right. What was the TikTok? Have you found it? Yeah, I've sent it. Sent oh, it. sorry. I thought you were going to say it because um, oh, because we're on a format where so we don't. Just, Justin Davies, if you want to <laughs> follow him on TikTok. Um, yeah, Justin Justin Davies on Fantastic. the old TikToks. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. There we go. Is that all your facts? Sorry, that's all my facts. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't think we had had any like tree facts in our nineteen seventy five ones. So you're doing well then. Uh, other albums that came out, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, that, <laughs> that's the Way of the World by F. Wind and Fire. And uh, we've got A Night at the Opera by Queen. How that's not on this list mm. baffles me, absolutely yeah. baffles me. Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Um, what else have we got? Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith. I don't know if you're into that album. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac, their self-titled album. 
still crazy after all these years by Paul Simon. Uh, one of these nights by the Eagles, live by Bob Marley and the Whalers. Uh, Tonight's Night by Neil Young. Uh, we've got a bit of The Hissing of Summer Loans by Joni Mitchell. Oh. Got Young Americans by David Bowie. And there's a lot of great. The Basement Tapes by Bob Dylan and the Band. Paul and Oates had an album. So good. So many good albums. Paul and Oates, very underrated, Megan. Very underrated, I think. You're right. Well, there we go. So we are going to talk about one of the albums, the biggest albums from this year, which is Blood on the Tracks, which um, you guys might know this, so if you know that, don't answer. I mean, you can answer, but... Um, do you know how many, what number album this was for Bob Dylan? Considering he's probably been going 12 years. What, what number album is this for him? Do you want to guess? 15. Grace? So he's been going for 12 years, did you say? Uh, kind of, yeah, since like 1963. And okay. It's 1975. This is number 30. Thirty sure, albums in twelve. No, that's thirty that's albums in twelve years. I thought you were going to tell me a really high number, so I wanted to say a really high number. Well, it is fifteen. So Adam, this is becoming a little thing, you know. Where Chris gets it wrong, someone else gets it right. With just funny facts, right? So there you go, fifteen studio album by Bob Dylan, and it was his first album back on Columbia Records, who was with for a long stint, and then he had a two-album stint away when he was with Asylum Records. Mm. And Dylan began recording the album in New York City in September 1974. Uh, in December, shortly before Columbia was due to release the album, Dylan abruptly re-recorded much of the material in a studio in Minneapolis. The final album contains five tracks recorded in New York and five from Minneapolis. I was so happy with how I pronounced it the first time and then pushed it twice <laughs> on the second time. So. <laughs> Isn't that such a Bob Dylan thing to do? Record 10 tracks and then go, but like literally the day before it's coming out. Sorry, I wanted to re-record it. It's like, it's just such a Bob Dylan thing to do. Um, critics often rank Blood on the Tracks as one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, Blood on the Tracks initially received mixed reviews, but has subsequently been acclaimed as one of Dylan's best albums, both by critics and fans, and comes at a time when there was lots of tension in Dylan's personal life, including his estrangement to his then-wife, uh, Sarah. Uh, one of their children, Jacob, has described the song as my parents talking but in interviews, Dylan has denied that the songs are autobiographical. Um, this also comes at a time when Dylan's had four albums uh, kind of in the 70s or late 60s that basically aren't that good. So, and people don't really like, although it won't shock you that they're some of my favourites. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there we go. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Adam, should we start with you? What did you think of this album? Now I realised that the uh, the old man brigade have been a bit. I've been letting people down. Well, my comments old, about Mick Jagger. I've been about. I feel like you calling them the old man brigade is not going to help. Maybe, maybe, they they know what I mean. <laughs> they know what I mean. Because like, my comments about Jagger, my comments about 
all the weeds mixed up from the hair, whatever you call and just for hair in general. Um, <laughs> a bit of a disparaging, and I know, I know I'm at that scene. But all the weeds of Big Sad is still oh, the funniest thing. All shredded weeds. <laughs> what was the one? What, what was the cereal, if you can call it cereal, which that cricketer does got? And it basically like, looks like a loofah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That, that's what he looks no. like. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and, I, and I think the last time we did a Dylan album, we, we, did we did Highway 61. We did Highway 61. We did. I was disappointed with your views, to be yeah. honest. And I know that's some, some it, listeners waiting. I did hurt. Um, it did hurt me. But, but this album. When I think about Bob Dylan, my taste in acoustic singer-songwriters mm. is this album. You know what I mean? Really? It's, I don't know what it is, but his voice sounds so much better on this album. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, um, it is what it is. Like, his voice is his voice. But it's the best version of his voice I think I've heard. Yeah. Um, the guitar playing on this album is so good. Is Very it, good. Is it all him or is it? Um, I he does have studio guys in as well. Okay. But um, I think you'd be surprised at how good a guitarist he is. Yeah. I, I do think it's not just strumming, you know, a G dead aggressively while no. screaming on a harmonica. Um, He's got a bit of nuance in there, I think. Nuance is the way I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's in part delicate and nice. Um, there are a few different guitar. There's at least seven guitar players on this list, to be okay. honest. Um, but yeah, so simple twist of fate. Um, great, great acoustic playing in that. Yeah. Um, chords and all that. Dylan's voice actually sounds really good on it. Mm-hmm. Bob, you do great stuff here. Yeah. So it's good. Um, you're a big girl now. Mm-hmm. Love that one as well. Um, lovely Spanish guitar in that one. Um, Favorite song. <laughs> Is you're gonna make me lonesome? Or now again, this is this appeals to the the 14, 15 year old Adam who's really sad over again. Oh, like or it's just it's very sad. He was a terrible kid, but like <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted to be a friend. But oh. <laughs> but this is just like it's just really nice. So I'm a sucker for a love song. Yeah, sucker for a Johnny Cash country love song. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it's got a Johnny Cash vibe to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just it's got that kind of uh, it ain't me, babe, sort of yeah. vibe another Dylan classic. Um, have you heard Johnny Cash's um, and Bob Dylan's album together? They have an album yeah, together. Yeah, very early on in Dylan's career. Oh, exactly. Would not recommend. Okay, <laughs> I think it's really rubbish. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, just I just lovely. I understood Nama. When you talk about Dylan as a lyricist, mm. which I'm sure you'll talk about in, in a minute, mm. his lyrics in this are great, especially in and um, you're gonna make me learn some when you go. I could stay with you forever and never realize the time. Oh. I, that makes me melt. And I'm like, why didn't I write that? And I would love to sing that. It's because you're not Bob Dylan. Just I'm sorry, to tell you. just beautiful. And mm. um, if you see her, say hello. Same vibe, some sadness, longing. And um, you know, just again, this mm. is the type of Bob Dylan that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he's in the Traveling World, but again, that's just because he's with Royal Wilson. and he's not doing anything, and he's not doing anything apart from doing terrible back and vocals with Tom Petty, whose voice is also not that great. No, <laughs> so, like, the two of them together, are rough. <laughs> um, but I, I love the Wilbers, and um, but yeah, so so this Dylan is the Dylan that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have, need to have a little look and see if there's like a Dylan Love Songs collection. There's gotta be. be. Got to be. 
Have you heard the song Girl from the North Country? I think I have. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that, that song is unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, so I, I really pleasantly enjoyed this one. It was a nice... Because I was going to go into it and think it wasn't that great. There is... What's the, what's the intro song to, the, to this one? Tangled Up in Bloom. I've got Tangled Up in Bloom saved on my phone already. And it comes up every now and then. And I like Tangled Up in Bloom, but it's a bit long. It is um, long. But, like... I heard that that's like one of the great films of all time. I might talk about that later. But <laughs> um, for me, it's not as great as some of the other ones. Mm. But uh, but yeah, this album, sensational, fantastic, Grace. What do you think? Do you agree? I wholeheartedly <laughs> disagree. <laughs> right, Adam, Adam choked on his drink when you Sorry. said that. Right. <laughs> I am getting fully saturated with Bob Dylan at this point, and this stupid voice. I'm sorry, stupid, stupid voice that just cracked on every song. I'm sorry, I'm sick of him. I'm absolutely (laughs) sick to death. Can't stand this voice, and it really annoys me. And there are so many of these songs where, at the beginning, Mm. you're like, that guitar is stunning. That's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to love this. And then his whiny little voice comes in and I just can't carry on. His whiny just, little voice. Just can't carry on. Like, Buckets of Rain. Stunning guitar. Absolutely stunning. Mm. And the lyrics. Yeah, great. He's. We all know he's a great storyteller. Mm. We all know he writes mad lyrics which at the end of the day let's face it some of them are just saying nothing but madness just what's going on not even Bob himself isn't sure at this point um he's literally still got 50 years of his career after this to go but you know yeah it's already like I don't know what I'm talking about I personally don't believe he's got that many years after them you know personally believe the game too long at this point I mean he is Um, 83 so at this point oh I meant at the point of this album oh right (laughs) So it's just a fact in this place. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Um, but it's all getting a bit. It's all a bit same, isn't it? It's it, musically wonderful. Then you bring in his vocals, and you're like, "Oh, here he is again." <laughs> if right. someone did covers, if someone did whole cover albums of Bob, entire yeah. album, Bob, like an of his entire albums, I'd be like, "Great, I'd listen to them." Because I think they're good songs. So you I want to listen to Make You Feel My Love by Adele? By Bob Dylan. Just for that, basically. And that's... Basically. Yeah, Do you know okay. Yeah, because he's, his voice just absolutely does matter. And I don't understand how he is as big as he is with a voice like that. I don't understand because it sounds like an absolute creep. And no one wants that in their ears. Um, and at the end of the day, once you've had one or two Bob Dylan, you've had all the Bob Dylan stuff, haven't you, really? Let's be honest. Um, I don't know if I can agree to be honest, but but you know what, he's a great guitar player and he just sticks to that. That's marvelous. More power to him. He's great. I, I do kind of get that his voice is like it's it's like I don't I don't like it when people say oh he's a bit marmited, but I because I just think it's such a stupid saying. It's a bit but it is a bit marmited. You either like it or you can see past it or you can't. And I, I feel can't like. Know. 
I feel like you can't see past it, Chris, which is... I just cannot. And and I agree with Adam. Some of them, like, um, which one did I actually not mind? If you see it, say hello, mm. right? I don't mind that one because actually the lyrics on a lot of these are actually really quite nice. That was nice my least favourite. Yeah, yeah oh, see, I didn't mind that because it's his voice is the least whiny, I think. Mm. And that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't mind it. He said himself in an interview that he doesn't understand why people like it because it was an album of, full of pain for him. So it makes him feel weird that people enjoy it so much. But that's what makes it so good. That whole well, thing. Like that is music, isn't it, Bob Dylan? Like, let's get over yourself. That is, you know, don't sell your music. Oh. People, you know, people love it, and you're rich because of it. So don't lie. <laughs> oh well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't mind being, but I'm not sure if being rich makes your first marriage not mean anything. You know what I mean? Well, he swears bland that it wasn't about that, but you know. Well, actually, was look at Grace using Bob, Bob Dylan's own own words against us. How, <laughs> how manipulative! <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just no great, great guitarist. He's a great guitarist. The people he's got playing on it are great. He plays a great harmonica, but I'm done with the sound. Do you know what I mean? We could we could land on Exit on that a little bit, a little bit more. So, so I think I can see past his voice with the poetry. But you're not mm. having that, really. No, because I don't end up hearing what he's saying because it just grates on me so much. But I think you're not listening, you know. <laughs> you're right. I'm skipping. <laughs> I'm skipping straight through. <laughs> well, I took well, but I think um this isn't my favorite Bob Dylan records. And I think um I probably wouldn't have it in the top twenty. There are other ones that I prefer before it. But there are, I love Tangled Up and Bloom and I love Simple Twist of Face. I think they're just two perfect songs. I just think they're amazing. And I read this thing about him, about, um, do you know that Bob Dylan likes to paint? Do you both know that? Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's an artist in right. many forms. Um, and he was attending art classes. I realised this stuff, when I say it, is going to make me sound just so up my own arse, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. But, um, yeah, so Bob Dylan was at an art class by um, Norman Rabin, and Rabin taught him how to not just look at a, a picture, but look at the detail in a picture too. Mm-hmm. So you can look at the whole thing and then you can look at bits of it, and all of it is the painting, but there are different elements of the painting. And so he said he wanted to write music that was like, it was the song, but it was also other things in the song. And so um, there are things in paintings that like are almost like out of time or in different times, or just because it takes a certain amount of time to write it or to paint it. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I thought I was going to read some Bob Dylan lyrics to to show this off if you were both up for it and I've even got a little special Bob Dylan lyrics book here you go Grace Adams already seen it wow I know can you believe it and so this is it's called Great Lyricists yeah Bob Dylan uh, and it's by The Guardian if you want to get it hold it and so um, (laughs) what's funny 
<laughs> I said, all right, thanks. Yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe after I, I explain this, you might, you know, keep an open mind, Grace. So um, this is verse one of Tiles Up in Berlin. Uh, it says, early one morning, the sun was shining. I was laying in bed, wondering if she changed at all, if her hair was still red. Her folks, they said our lives together sure was going to be rough. They never did like Mama's homemade dress. Papa's bank, bank book wasn't good enough. And I was standing at the side of the road. Turn the page. It's not part of it. Uh, rain falling on my shoes, heading out over the East Coast. Lord knows I paid some dues getting through. Ten months of Wimbledon, right? And so at the beginning of the verse, he says that he's laying in bed thinking about uh, this woman. And that's where he is. But then halfway through, he's then, like, not there, and he's standing at the side of the road. But it's all the same verse and all the same. So is he remembering while he's standing in the rain, Mm -hmm. being in bed, remembering when he was thinking about this woman? And so it's deep, and there's layers, and time is a thing that he's playing with, like those pictures that were like uh, those paintings where they have different details in different places and they tell different stories at different times, depending on what part of the painting you're looking at. And this is something that Dylan started doing with, with this album, which I think is one of the reasons people love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have it in my top um, 20 because uh, I don't think as an album it's really amazing. But I think even just one verse there, it's just like unbelievable rain and unbelievable poetry <laughs> to which, you know, other people go to music for different reasons. Uh, mm. But that's why I love Bob Dylan, is for those reasons. And I was saying to Adam before we started this, Grace, that um, I think Bob Dylan writes, like, great songs, like the best songs, some of the best songs ever. But I don't think he's ever written a great album. And no. so even, like, this whole 100 list, he should be in there because I think Tangled Up in Blue is like uh, one, you know, one of the best songs ever. And um, we had that on the last one where we were looking at like a Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and them those songs are like the best songs ever, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but they're actually not great albums. Um, mm-hmm. But people look past them because of how great the songs are, and so. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I look about look at it, really. But the more I look into Dylan lyrics, like, the more I get out of them. It's like it's like feasting on the good word itself. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Getting a little bit um, controversial. controversial here. Um, but yeah, so there you go. There are my Dylan thoughts. Um, yeah. Shall we, anyone got anything else to say about Bob Dylan? Or you'd rather we just moved on? Just there. Uh... His contributions to music, I guess, should be remembered. Mm. I think so. Yeah. And well, I think it has to be on this list because of his influence. That's it. And I think that's why, like, you you hear his voice. And so, like, it was the same as last week when we listened to Taylor Swift. And we're like, well, of course, the Rolling Stones are rubbish compared. But, like, if you remember 63, well, none of us were there. But if you try and put yourself in that world and you can get there, you realise that there was no other folk artist that was talking about, like, things like this, or Masters of War, and he was telling, like, governments that he's going to dance on their grave, and, like, 
mad stuff like that. I mean, I know this isn't the part of Dylan that we're looking at now. It's this kind of like 70s, slightly obnoxious, like folk scene where everyone like really bums off Paul Simon and like <laughs> and James Taylor and like talks about how great they are. Right? And Joni Mitchell as well. They all like we've all met those people that grew up in the 70s and tell you how good music was then, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so obnoxious and annoying. Right. Um and I think like it's not all as good as they say, but I think Dylan was like a revolutionary artist, mm-hmm. full stop. Yeah. Uh, maybe not this part of Dylan as revolutionary. But in terms of art, I think he was. So, you know, there we go. From, from one revolutionary artist to another, maybe. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about One More Time by Blink 118. Hello and welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about One More Time, which is the ninth studio album. I should have made you guys guess again. Ninth studio album by American <laughs> pop, punk, rock band, Blink-182, released October the 20th, 2023, through Columbia Records as well. Mm. Look at them go, I'll tell you what. Uh, the album marks a return of guitarist, vocalist, space cadet, uh, Tom DeLonge, following his departure from the band in 2015. DeLonge was uh, prompted to return to the band after bassist and vocalist Mark Hoppus received a cancer diagnosis in 2021, which I think we talked about on the podcast when it happened. I think we might have yeah. I think we did. They were, they were probably the early days of the podcast. Yeah, because we did their, um, not California, the other We did nine. We did nine, yeah. Even though this is a nine. This must be the tenth. Who knows? Is it called nine? It is called nine, because that was their ninth, so this must be the tenth. Was it June, Anyway. Uh, following a meeting between Tom DeLong and former bandmates, the trio overcame lingering disputes, which later led to DeLong's return. Uh, recording over a span of seven months, one more time, lyrically explores familiar territories like relationships and maturation, uh, as well as lyrics inspired by band's own history and Hoppus's battle with cancer. Uh, Barker handled the production largely trapped at his Woodland Hills compound um, in the band's home state of California. The album's digital artwork consists of black and white portraits of the trio, while physical editions were printed with the band's signature Smiley logo, uh, drawn by Framed Graffiti, not Framed, he's not Framed, (laughs) the graffiti artist is Framed, by famed graffiti artist Eric Hayes. Uh, One more time became the band's third number one album um, and reached the top five in a dozen countries. So there we go. Adam, do you want to start us off? Blink of that, baby. Blink of that. This, this album, like I enjoyed, I mean, I didn't really listen to California, but no, now I, I really enjoyed Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. I liked it and, too. And they were, it was a different direction for them because they went a bit more electronic and and people didn't like it. No, but I did. I thought yeah, it really had a good sound. But this, this is just, it really picks up really nicely from their, um, <clears throat> uh, was it Neighbourhoods? Is that what yeah, it was called? Yeah. Which I think was the last album with. Yep. And, so, and it, it follows perfectly from that. Um, just so good. Um, yeah, the song's good. I think Tom Long, um, whose voice is not, 
the same as it was when they were obviously like 20 star amounts yeah. and all the small things and um but I think it's matured a lot nicer and there was a bit of a ropey patch with his voice, wasn't there? And like I think so. Enabled. But on Especially this, live, it was pretty bad. But on this he sound, he sounds so good. Yeah. Um, he's really taken care of himself um, and it kind of shows. Um so there's just just hit Anthem Part Three. We've had Anthem Anthem Part Two. Mm. Great. Following that up, so it's nice to get a new one of them. And um, Dance With Me is incredible. Um Turpentine is another um favorite of mine. Mm. Um, and then but then they do the emotional one. So we've we've heard emotional bling already on their self-titled mm. album. Obviously, like an issue and stuff like that. Um and their their self-titled album was I think it's called that, it? it was like yeah. a bit more serious. Um, yeah, for the kids. Yeah, a bit darker, bit. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously the mature. They're all like in their mid forties to late fifties or whatever. Yeah, uh, not late fifties, early fifties. Um, we'll be still getting blank albums yeah. in their little jorts. So they can't like carry that. But when they touch upon really sensitive, you know, subject matter like bad news, like um, you don't know what you got. Um, and now one more time and um, like they handle it really well they're talking about the fact that they had this big split and then they were yeah. brought together back by you know various tragedies and um, but it's nice it's like it's like watching a family reunion mm. a little bit and kind of watching all these brothers get back together it's very nice it doesn't feel fake amicable it feels yeah. real doesn't it feels very okay. real and the chemistry is there mm. and you can you can feel that and you can hear it um it sounds great as an album. I think it's produced really well. Travis Barker produced it. Um, yeah, so I really, I really enjoy that. I think his drumming is spectacular as always. Um, Mark Hoppus's vocals and songwriting is always top-notch. And yeah. um, his bass, he's not doing anything spectacular on this like he has done in yeah. the past, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's very utilitarian. Um, so yeah, I loved it. I think... More blink is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the odd fun thing in there. Um, what's it, what, edging, I think, was one of the fun ones, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice to see them back with that. And like the immature jokes are, I don't know, I had saw some people say, like, oh, well, these 40 year old men still make a masturbation joke. <laughs> it's like just childish, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. Life's too short enough. Life's too short. Yeah. Life is too short. That's exactly the kind of mantra that I think runs through this album. And uh, it feels weird saying that, but but I think it is right. I don't know. But um, so, yeah. so I super super enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad they're back. I hope we get more. But uh, yeah, mm. all good, all good with this. Grace, what do you think? Um, yeah, similar things really. It's a classic Blink One Eight Two album. It doesn't sound like it's all these years later, to be honest. Mm. They're still sounding great. Um, that I could have done without um the first track, though, to be honest. Can't lie. Not bad. I feel like that's real Travis Barker narcissism just creeping through on that track. <laughs> With like, yeah. like, let's just listen to this all out mayhem and like. Kudos, I can never play like that sensational. Yeah. But like it's not all about you, Travis. You know, we could just Excuse me, the drums are too like busy. Yeah, it's yeah, there's too much going on. And then 
everything else is like fighting to be heard over the top and it's just yeah, whether it's so messy but i think that's the point but yeah but i agree it does yeah and maybe that is the point i don't know they could have resolved it in the mix and sure but it was clearly intentional but i just don't like it myself you mm. know um but no it still sounds like their old stuff it doesn't sound like they're trying to change the sound anyway i don't think they need to um i don't think people would like it i think it would have gone down as well if it sounded like a million miles away from from their original stuff Mm. could really do without the interludes they're not called interludes but the really short things like turn this off yeah it's really like stuff like that but yeah yeah like do that if it's not going to be like absolutely obscene stuff that is just weird do you know what i mean bit weird um so not a fan of those um because I do feel like at their age, that's a bit embarrassing, those ones. I know you said that before. Yeah. You were like, well, you know, they don't care. I'm like, and they don't care. Sure, they but don't it care is now. embarrassing. That's the that's the juxtaposition, isn't it? That's what people have moaned about. It's actually like, it is a bit embarrassing when you still like your dad in your jorts and like. Yeah. But they, you know, they don't mind. Because yeah. the people, the kids who listened to, to Blink when they first came out, mm-hmm. Dude Ranch and all that, and Simon, I think, was one. They are also now forty odd yeah. with their own kids who are teenagers. Mm. Yeah, but kids now love Blink. Mm-hmm. You know, they they love like in, in mm-hmm. my youth group. They're like they don't want to hear like stuff in the charts. They're like, can you put Apple Levine on? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> yes, I can. You know, so um, yeah. you know, I love to hear it. Love to hear it. Yeah. Um, but no, the rabbits that I do think are a little bit far, a little bit embarrassing at their age. I have got to wind it in at some point. Um, but I know they don't care, they're just living their life, so yeah, you know. Um, some highlights on there for me. I enjoyed Fell in Love, I'm enjoying their more sort of reflective ones. The last one, Childhood, mm. that's something that I'm gonna sing and cry over for the rest of my life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's the lyrics that we're all gonna cry over as we're getting old, to be honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> or not. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know if it's intentional, but when we were young, it's the same intro as practically as what's my age again. Is that intentional? I don't know. Is that a little I don't know. They can't rip themselves off, so I don't know. Um but yeah, I enjoyed it and it's and it's great and it's all like their classic stuff. I was never like a huge fan anyway. I only ever knew like the really big stuff. Yeah. So I was like a fake fan. Um and they've clearly still got they're clearly still talented. It's a it's a really strong album to, as like a comeback album. Yeah. Um yeah, there is just as you say that juxtaposition of like, do you care or do you say it's a bit embarrassing? There are bits of it that I think are great, bits of it that I think are a little bit cringe, but all in all, they're living a better life than me though. So more power to them. That's right, that's right. I um I thought this was a great album, actually. <clears throat> I thought, um, yeah, I I actually didn't like the last song, Childhood, which I just thought it was a bit cringe. Like, that's where I was like, I don't want to hear you whine about being old. We all, we all get old, generally. <laughs> Stop whining, generally. Um, especially when you've had such a good life. You know, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you literally have just, like, dicked around for 20 years. I've made money <laughs> off it. And, like, it's sick, you know, and we all love that stuff. And we all wish we could do it, basically. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I yeah. But I thought I don't think Blink have ever sounded like 
this good a band. Like Travis Spark has always sounded this good, but have the others always like pulled their weights and like mm-hmm. so they like edging has like that like Ramones feel to it and like the acoustic stuff. They feel more like versatile and dynamic as a band. And like the harmonies are great. And from what I've heard live, they're better live than they've ever been, which is amazing. And um, yeah, I just really like the vibe. And it's probably like I complained a few weeks ago when we were talking about Bob Dylan and Busted about like the rose tinted nostalgia thing. But I um, <laughs> this is my nostalgia hiss, I guess. Like this is me like going mm. head first into it and stuff like that. And I'm just like such a big fan of it really of this vibe and that scene so yeah really good really love it um i don't know i hope they release more music actually yeah i thought it's really good i thought it's produced really well um travis barker sings on it yeah which is amazing to hear and it's pretty good uh he has a double bass pedal on one song as well which has never been done and i heard like <laughs> i get i don't know why i'm on it <laughs> But I must have signed up for something at one point and I got like, I'm on like a drummer's newsletter thing. <laughs> and it was like, breaking news, Travis Barker, double bass. And I was like, that is the lamest headline I've ever seen. <laughs> but I guess like if you if you really care about drums that much, that's a big deal really. Um, and it's solid and it's not like even super fast or it's just a vibe. It's just cool. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of this album. And it was on repeat for a while. Um, what something came out at the same time as this, and I was like, I'm not even listening to whatever. Maybe it was Olivia Rodrigo. It was it was it Guts? I don't know. Maybe it was. But now I'm listening to both. But I feel like it was. Oh, it was didn't it come out the same day as 1989? I think it might have done. Yeah, that's what it was. And I just didn't bother listening to 1989 yeah. at all. I just really was. Like, after everything you said last week about it. Well, no, but not because 1989 was bad, but because this was so good. You know, I just wanted to listen to this all the time. And now I've kind of like, you know, stopped listening to this as much. And I'm back on it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought Turpentine Time was a favourite of mine too. Mm-hmm. And I liked the, I like an audio joke. You know what I mean? That yeah. that little r- rhyme at the end that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. It's like, Gee. really good. Really liked it. So there we go. Uh, 17 tracks on this album. Uh, and still only 45 minutes. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Well done, boys. So there we go. Fantastic. Uh, which would you rather? Grace, will come to you first. Blink. Blink. Yeah. Stop her. What about you, Adam? It is a tough one. But I think I would probably go for Blink. It's a bit more my vibe. Yeah. And... Um, but then also, you know, it depends on the on the season, on the mood, on the feeling at the time, you know? Because there are some times when I just want to crank up some, some pop punk dead loud. Sometimes when I want to listen to some great acoustic. Yeah. So there's a time for Bob and there's a time for Blink. Yeah. What you really do want. you go instantly, like, when you're like, I'm in the mood for a great acoustic, do you think, ah, Bob Dylan? Adam. But do Matt you go, like... Tangled up and blue, you know yeah. that kind. Of, oh. I, I, if I want great acoustic, I go to like you know, passenger or Christian. But you know mm. who, but you know who passengers listening to. Passengers listening to Bob Dylan. 
Gasly's love him. Yeah, Gasly's in North Country and all that. Full stop. Full stop. It's very true. So there you go. Um, I think... I don't know. This is so hard. Any other Bob Dylan? Yeah. I'm picking it. Fair. Like, literally any other. I just don't really like 70s Bob Dylan as a, a whole. I even prefer his Christian stuff to this. Wow. Really. I know... I don't know, right. but do I? I you, don't... No, hold on, Matthew. <laughs> oh, dear. You got rid of Lauren Hill from history for Taylor Swift. Yeah, and but that's fair. you gave Taylor Swift for this album. <laughs> just wants to show the world that I'm a hypocrite. There <laughs> <laughs> literally wasn't even any like point to it. It was just like, this is what you've done. No, because you're debating it, but you're like, but you chose Blink over over Taylor Swift, so clearly you've got to choose but, Blink over Bob Dylan if you're saying you prefer Taylor Swift to Bob Dylan. But but that's pigeonholing me, Grace, because <laughs> he won't be pigeonholing. Because <laughs> because I went to see Bob Dylan this year, as I've told everybody on every episode <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> but since I've been, and I literally cried when I was there, and I literally think it's the highlight of my year. You know what I mean? I'd, full stop. You'll cry more at Taylor Swift. Uh, I, do you know, if I think I've said it on the podcast, but if Paul McCartney comes out oh, don't... At, at the Taylor Swift oh, gig, I told Becky that I might not come home that night. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll be too buzzed. I'll be like, I'll, I'm just going to go for a run. One way. And I'll see you in three days. One way. Straight out of time. But surely we'd have to just go to Ampere, like the back of Ampere, and just wait for them to come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, Paul McCartney is my Taylor Swift, you know? Yeah, that's right. So, well, I don't, don't. I'm already dreaming. It's funny how we're meant to be talking about Bob Dylan, so I'm like 182, and we defaulted right back to Paul McCartney and, and Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've seen. I saw Bob Dylan. If I went to a Blink concert, I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't. No, I'd have a great time, but I wouldn't cry. But I, I like I'm still so buzzed that I was 100 metres from Bob Dylan. You know, I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm probably, because I think about the album as a holistic mm, thing, mm-hmm. as a package, the Blink album for me is better no. than... The whole album of Bob Dylan, yeah. and so I would pick the Blink one, which is crazy. But those two songs are way better than anything Blink have ever done, in my opinion. So there we go. Uh, shall we rate the Bob Dylan album, Grace? Three. Wow. Adam. And that is actually generous. <laughs> you, yeah. She wants to give it a minus three. Um, 4.2 Grace when I could see you eating popcorn on the call then when you said and that was actually generous and you then you put popcorn in your mouth it was like um, let me watch as the world turns (laughs) it was was good I liked it Uh, you said 4.2 that's fair um, I think I might agree with Adam and go four points. I'm such a cop out, honestly. Such a cop out. Yeah, I th- it's not. It's not top twenty material, is it? But can you blame Bob for that, or yeah. is that the list yeah, fault? That's the list. Yeah, that's the list. Good point. 
if it was number 418, this is not which, but it is, then we'd be like, oh, oh man, this album should be way higher than this. So, so I don't know. <laughs> or then maybe not all of us would think that. But there we go. Fantastic. Would you like to know what next week's albums are? Desperately. Oh, my goodness. I've just got to go and have a look what it is. Our next albums are, wow. Oh wow. oh wow! Oh wow! We are looking at "Purple Rain" by Prince, and we're comparing it to "Higher" by Chris Stapleton. Look, man. Oh, Adam, man. you are. What a man! You are gonna have a time of your life. Oh, I mean, because because Prince "Purple Rain" is, I mean, Prince is sensational. Prince is, guys. I'm so excited for you to hear this Chris Stapleton album. Don't call me negativity bullshit, then. <laughs> Come with it. You're going correct. Can you imagine you just do the whole podcast alone next week? Just, I'll spend, <laughs> I'll spend 30 minutes just talking about Chris. Only 30. <laughs> what a guy. Just his voice, man. Yeah. What? But well, we love to hear people talk about things they're passionate about. Yeah. So I'm excited. That means I'm actually going to come here. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. speak from the heart. I will. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Well, guys, they're the albums for next week. Um, we're still doing album of the week on the socials, and so yeah. I need to get some albums of the week from you guys, really. But that's um, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to just listen to my albums of the week oh. every week oh. for them, yeah. But I'm I'm worried about asking Grace to do it because um, she the first one she'll pick is Nora Jones. And I, It'll be the script greatest hits or something. <laughs> oh, don't even tempt me. When a heart breaks, it never breaks even. Yeah, oh, maybe. that night I cried so hard. <laughs> maybe I'm going to change the password on the accounts. Maybe I'm <laughs> but there you go. But anyway, you can find us on the socials and we would love to chat to you there mm. about what you think is great, what you think is bad, what you think is a, a good opinion of ours and what you think is absolute trash. We love the conversation. And it's funny because we just hold it so lightly, you know, we just don't really care. So we just love the chat. I, I think we... Based on what do we know? What we've never known anything this whole time, and you know that. Who are we? Who are we? Who are we? You know. Listen, it's all a gift. It's all a gift. It's beautiful. It's all a gift. I like that. I hold it lightly. I like that. That's right. I hold it lightly. That's right. Until it until it does. Until you say something out of order. Yeah. You better check yourself. Watch your mouth. That's right. That's right. Real. We would love to chat to you. Believe it or not. Uh, and we hope you have a great week and we'll see you soon bye hard not to do it like in his scan yeah i found it quite hard here i am on the side of the road